0: Hello everyone, this is Jack with the Book Club from Hell, and before we start this episode, I would like to make a brief announcement. We have chased meaning away. In its place grows the tower, always expanding and leaving blissfully fulfilled employees in its wake. I am a doctor who specialises in souls. A potent advertising slogan leaves ripples in the world of the spirit. Love is remembered. Maybe S was responsible for everything, but who else do I have? Blending Franz Kafka, Mikhail Bulgakov, Jacques Ellul, and Stalker, Shadow of Chernobyl, Tower is a search for meaning in a world no longer organized for humans. So goes the blurb for my upcoming novel, Tower, to be released in November 2023, and available on my website, www.jackbc.me. That is www.jackbc.me. Thank you jack levi the book club from hell hello everyone this is jack with the book club from hell a urine hoarding ponzi scheme designed to maximize the amount of urine that levi and i can consume per unit time this week's episode is on the water of life a treatise on urine therapy by john w armstrong first published in 1944 It is an account of how the author cured his own tuberculosis by drinking his own urine, and then went on to treat others using this revolutionary method. If you like what we're doing, please rate us five stars on whatever you're using to listen to this podcast on. Consider subscribing to our Patreon, all that sort of stuff. So, if you're ready to learn about the effectively unlimited health benefits of urine fasts, then listen on. Enjoy. Degradation of heart valves, or heart valves just... Yeah, not not operating properly, is because... Inflammation in the bloodstream. Is because of... Ultimately, because you're piss deficient. Like, oral piss deficiency. A classic. He says something about replacing tissues, but I think at core, it's it's an oral urine deficiency. Oral, the oral urine deficiency really is the... Uh, The plague of the modern age, like people think it's, (laughs) people think it's depression and anxiety, or obesity and heart disease. That pish posh. It's because we're orally urine deficient. O U D. You know how Bill Gates, Justin Trudeau, and Hillary Clinton all put fluoride in the water so that they can mind control us with five G microchips in the COVID. Yeah, yeah. I am aware of that true fact. That true fact. What I reckon we should start doing is organising underground cells of patriots to piss in the water supply to counteract the fluoride. Yeah, that and to to counteract. Yeah, they need to drink. They need all of the to. they the mind control to, substances in our food. They need to be. Uh, we just a need little, some powerful urine to to cleanse us. A little squad of fasted forty day fasted. <laughs> religious zealots <laughs> who drink their own piss to just then transfer their piss into the mainstream water supply, which will into us. eliminate. And then maybe once we have less fluoride in our system, we will realize because I think it's the fluoride that's making people. This is a hundred years old, this book nearly. And so, and yet, mm. this groundbreaking insight based on ancient wisdom, all the way from the Greeks even, has not penetrated Inspired it by him the, reading a verse of the Bible. I should, <laughs> sorry, I'll let you go. The, the origin story of how he came to drink his own piss is really the, good. That <laughs> miracle, miracle, a miracle from nature and from God has not penetrated into the mainstream medical and health practice. And I think that can only be attributed, can only, there is only one viable explanation, Jack, and that is because of the fluoride Violent video and the games. 5G... Is brainwashing people, yeah, yeah and yeah. vaccines, vaccines, five vaccine. G and fluoride <laughs> like are preventing people from having the clear-mindedness <laughs> to drink their own piss. Probably, it probably needs needs a bit of help. So, I think the the common man won't start drinking his own piss until his brain has been sufficiently cleared by urine. Which is why I think guerrilla squads should make Melbourne's taps flow yellow. They should piss in the water supply. Yeah, absolutely. And just every night, just really piss in the water supply. <laughs> Try piss as, hard as, as they much can. as they can. How many? How many people would we need? Do you think? It, so the more the more fasted you are, and the more concentrated your own urine is from mm. recycling it into your body, does that amplify the effectiveness? of the urine, like the potency of the urine to cl- to purify the water. So we could take one unfasted little water-drinking bitch or we could take, by bitch, I'm not being sexist, mm, mm, by the mm. way, I just bitch in the generic non-sexual, non-gender-based term. Bitch in the generic urine deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we could take <laughs> one giga-chad <laughs> who has done nothing for the last 60 days... Except drink his own piss, <laughs> drink his own, piss. and he is ex- and rub it on his and face. rubbing his piss on his rem- face. Remember, you need to and rub it on. Brushing his your body. brushing his teeth with his own piss, <laughs> his <teeth. laughs> and and we take that guy, Gigan Piss Chad, and he is exponentially more potent a being. He's like got a yellow aura around him, and he pisses in the water supply. He can cure like he's ontologically <laughs> <trying>. <laughs> through through imbibing his own urine, <laughs> and he is. He, he can – he's worth 100,000 people, mate. Maybe he could cure 100,000 people of the fluoride and the tisms. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so the mechanics of the uh, – so I have some thoughts about how that could work from a mechanical and theoretical perspective. Should I say them now or should we wait until we've explained the mechanics of how – I think listeners – If Maybe they're not, not say, convinced already – I'll say them now <laughs> to give people a taste – uh, mm. yes. A urine, a uriniferous taste oh, yeah. of what to expect. Because Armstrong says on one hand with the urine fast, he, he suggests that you drink tons and tons and tons of cold water while also doing the urine fast. And oftentimes recovery from disease and then not only being, getting back to baseline, but ascending above baseline is is correlated with your urine becoming very, very clear. So hyper-concentrated urine, I don't know if, it's a, if that's a good thing. You probably want clear urine because that seems to be what Armstrong associates with health. But then there's aged, aged urine is important, particularly in urine rubs. <laughs> the, and he quite often <laughs> <So> comments, <gross. laughs> comments happily upon the the silky somewhat gelatinous character of aged urine so it could go either way with uh, uh you could do, you could test empirically so in one city you could just you could have clear fresh piss in the reservoirs and then in another city urine loving renegades could dump aged urine into the water supply and then you can compare health outcomes in those two so that this is an interventional trial. You could compare health outcomes yeah, between I'm, the two. Yeah, unfor- not unfortunately. I am. I am also pulling on my in-depth knowledge of modern homeopathic therapy. And my conjecture is that <laughs> just like tinctures become more potent, the less concentrated they are because they maintain the memory oh, I see of what, the active yeah, ingredient. Yeah. Like a highly, when I mean concentrated, I don't mean like concentrated as in like there's more physical. You mean diluted? I mean diluted, but spiritually concentrated. Mm. Physically diluted, but spiritually <laughs> yeah, concentrated <I> piss <laughs> from weeks of weeks it's of very, <laughs> urine, very urine therapy. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> from Dr. Armstrong. <laughs> Sorry, he wasn't a doctor. Mr. Armstrong's... Um, Mr. Armstrong's Armstrong. uh, urine therapy regime. So, yeah. <laughs> should we explain? Okay. So, so what, what was this what person's, person's problem? Situation: The Water of Life, a <laughs> treatise on urine therapy by John Armstrong. <laughs> this is a this is one of the seminal texts on urine therapy. It was first published in 1944. Do you know this? This book has been published by Random House and by Penguin, or at least uh, subsidiaries of those companies. This, this has they'll publish anything, been... <laughs> <laughs> ah, fucking hell <laughs> makes you wonder, like, but yeah, do you, they're responding to what they think is in demand, right? Like, their decision to con- consistently yeah. publish this book for the last like 90 years is a consequence of them. Thinking, yeah, there's still demand in the market for this shit. <laughs> People still want it for for urine therapy, for urine yeah, therapy to justify the ongoing investment in this. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a s- strange world. I'll have to restrain myself this episode as well because, so I say this too. Having spent the past five minutes absolutely not doing this, he does say that people ridicule urine therapy as disgusting and that's closed-minded because urine's not disgusting and drinking it is is noble and healthy and sh- sh- should not be laughed at i just i still can't move past finding the idea of people drinking their own urine regularly really funny i t- I tried hard. I just I can't take it seriously. I can't take someone seriously when they tell me that they regularly drink their own piss. Yeah, and like rub it on their face. Rub it on their face, and like <laughs> soak cloth in it, and then like, oh, I cut my finger. I piss on some rag. <laughs> like my girlfriend, my, my girlfriend recently. <laughs> um my girlfriend recently brushed when we went diving she brushed against some Mm. this thing called fire coral um in in bali and it's uh got sort of like this similar active nasty chemicals in it as like say like uh jellyfish and stuff like blue bottles and whatnot Mm. and it was like Instantaneously, like inflamed, <laughs> you know, like sort of thing. And yeah. I was thinking, man, we could have fixed that in like a day if <laughs> it, it, just we just started pissing on it. <laughs> get a nice, get some nice, cured, aged, like, aged urine, pull it out of the fridge, soak a rag in it, wrap that. Fire Coral's got nothing on some aged <laughs> urine. <laughs> so Armstrong does talk about how he came to write this book. And this is interesting. So he starts out by saying that intelligent members of the public no longer trust orthodox medicine, or as he calls it, allopathy. And among the reasons he lists that people don't trust modern medicine are that cancer still hasn't been cured. There are still... Why, when doctors discover effective cancer treatments, these treatments are not not accepted by the cancer research ring? I assume that's some... some supervisory body in the United Kingdom because this yeah. this guy I'm pretty sure was English. Yeah. He's British from Birmingham. Yeah, I don't know if it's from Birmingham. Ah. I don't know. I just that was the first British place that came to mind. Shout out oh, to any okay. listeners in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> he also says that animals are tortured for medical experimentation for the production of serum and vaccines. The medical community fosters fear in the mind of the public through advertising. <laughs> There's a great deal of commercialism and vested interests yep. in medicine and the idea that patients exist for doctors instead of vice versa. And mm. some of these criticisms I think are unfair or just ignore the difficulty of a problem like curing cancer. Can <laughs> We can talk about it more later, but... <laughs> Saying curing cancer is kind of like saying curing infectious disease. It's not one thing. Like, different cancers can be pretty different entities. But they're all caused by the one underlying. Wait, yeah, well, everything except breaking a bone is caused by a, single is caused by a bad yeah. diet <laughs> and losing vital tissues. <laughs> so there's that. Some of the other things that he brings up, though, are more complicated, a lot more complicated than he makes out. Like commercialism-invested interests are dramatically more complicated than he makes out. For example, in Australia, a doctor makes no money off the medicines that they prescribe. In fact, doctors can't even dispense medications. That's why pharmacies and medical prescribers are split. But the idea that patients exist for doctors instead of vice versa, I imagine in 1944 in, in the United Kingdom, that feeling was stronger, but it still exists. There's still a definite sense of superiority, which I think if a doctor is not, not reflexive and not aware of why they're working can become a big part of why they practice medicine more for self gratification yeah. than for helping other people. St- status. I don't know what it's like. in yeah. other, I think in other parts of the world that might be different, but at least in places like Australia and from what I can tell, the United States doctors are a high, potentially depending on what sort of medicine I suppose. Potentially, um, a high status profession, and but um, not just status. Like I guess you yeah. could have another high status profession, but doctors also occupy this interesting, like, or like almost almost like an authority position with with regards to health. Yeah, people almost view it with this religious awe. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually. Um, yeah, so if that was the case in the UK in the 1940s, then he was criticising something like what we've we've seen. Yeah, and that's something with this book broadly, where he actually he does touch on real problems and a dr- and draw attention to real problems. It's just there's a logical disjunction at work between. Saying that commercial interests play a role, for example, in the development of new medications and the advertising of certain medications, there's a big jump from that to you should drink your own piss. That, to me, feels like a bit of a leap and not a leap that I think is justified. Yeah, but that's because you haven't yet tried for yourself, Jack. The amazing curious I was about to say he does address this at several points where he says unless you have been drinking your own urine daily for a few years you cannot comment on how effective (laughs) this is which I really like that I like that he says I don't like these authority figures in medicine who say that we have to listen to them because they've they've arrogated to themselves this authority and then also says I, as someone who has been consuming my own urine for a very long time, (laughs) am able to tell you that this works, and you are not allowed to tell me that it doesn't work. Could you imagine? They may have a medical degree, but But I've I've been drinking my piss like piss every morning, and I, my morning. It's like (laughs) that's my qualification. What I imagine is this guy's like um, Patrick Bateman from. From American Psycho, the morning routine. Except instead of it being yeah, it's like, like, like that designer old thing scene where he goes over his morning routine, except it's, he's just splashing piss on his face. <laughs> it's just he's just pissing in his face. <laughs> he's taking like he's taking like he's just aiming his a gel. His he penis made. at his face and letting loose. In the he's morning. taking like a gel. It's like this kind of cr- like this kind of gooey yellow stuff with like flecks in it. <laughs> <It's> a, this <laughs> facial mask that he's made out of his own piss putting that on <laughs> he's skipping and and instead of there being like hardcore porn on on the television like with patrick bateman it's a, it's actually just like it's just it's just just, <laughs> just i was gonna say it's actually just um like what do they call it water water play or something piss play i don't know there's some word for it, <laughs> is, it is it something like that? something to that effect Whatever it is. Yeah. Guys, guys pissing on girls, girls pissing my on guys. My <laughs> knowledge of porn niches is not sufficiently developed to say what it's called. Let me, let me There's have a, a particular word for it. Name for, for urine. Name for based. piss porn. Piss porn. Here we go. Ur- Urbanthosaurus.org. Oh, there's a thesaurus, an urban thesaurus. Hey. Wow. The internet's come a long way. It's grown up a lot since I was a kid. <laughs> water sports. That's is that what they call it? Water sports. Really? Oh. Water sports or golden shower? I knew about golden, golden showers. showers. I thought yeah. golden shower, though, was just like a concrete act. I want, I want to know the umbrella term for this whole movement. Yeah, because pre- con- I guess water sports works. Yeah, because you could conceivably come up with all sorts of interesting ways to use your urine in the context of sexual gratification, not just peeing on one another. Like golden shower yeah, is it's, just one it's way, not right? only good for health, but. It's good for the. I should also add. Er- erotic vibes. <laughs> In that relationship just talk, talking about the sex, sex reminded me how Whenever he refers to a woman in this book who's undergone urine therapy, she always loses weight and becomes looks younger, yeah. looks better, and has children after undergoing <laughs> urine therapy. She becomes she becomes sexy and fertile, Makes hot and fertile. after after they've been drinking their own piss for forty days. <laughs> there is nothing I prefer in a woman than the everything. rank stench of piss coming off their mouth as you go in to kiss them. <laughs> oh. Can you imagine taking someone home, waking up the next morning and she's not in bed, you get up to look for her and she, she's standing in the kitchen with a nice hot glass of her own piss, <laughs> drinking drinking it down. And you think, wow, that's a healthy woman. You get that wow, on, so on me right there and propose to her. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you'd be pretty worried actually that she'd get pregnant. She'll be hyper fertile from all that piss. I mean, the thing is that you would have had a warning anyway. for her. Like, imagine going on a date with a girl. I mean, also, you could reverse agendas, whatever, I guess, but imagine going what on a date with someone. She looks too healthy. She looks too healthy. Yeah, she looks so healthy. She's like actively but getting. She younger. She must be a urine drink. <laughs> you you could sit. Yeah, she's getting younger before <laughs> your eyes. <laughs> you go on a date with this person, and as you go in to kiss the person, just the foul odor of urine—it's just like ah, coming out of their mouth. <laughs> Wouldn't you just stop for a second? It's like, uh, I think maybe this is why I don't know any urine therapy people. Are they? They must be quite insular, though, no? Like. Can you really? If you're the sort of person who you regularly would drinks, their dating own difficult piss. Yeah, you can only date other piss drinkers. No. <laughs> hey, you're at, a, you're at a restaurant. They ask what the BYO corkage is. <laughs> Pull out a thermos full of pee and start drinking. It. <laughs> Are you just taking? What's the corkage on my own urine? Are you just your your table is like just orders empty glasses and just whoever needs to go to the toilet for next like has to take glasses <laughs> and do a refill. It's So gross. <laughs> if there's any urine drinkers listening to this, this podcast, he keeps talking about how a problem is that people don't take urine therapy seriously because they're just too juvenile and think it's gross, but. It's really hard not to find this funny. <laughs> it's, it's just fundamentally funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to ask my girlfriend a question about urine drinking. Um, can you talk for two seconds mm. while I ask her a question? <laughs> <laughs> make I, can, I can talk about this guy's origin story, which is, which is really funny. Basic, so in the, in the chapter called My Self Cure, which is chapter four, Armstrong talks about how he came to be a convert of urine therapy. He says that he doesn't want to talk himself about himself in this book because he's being modest, but he has to, as his personal experience with urine therapy is important evidence for the fact that it works really well. So for this reason, he tells his origin story before he became a piss drinker. In 1915, so Armstrong was a... 34 year old man, and he failed a medical examination. The yeah, origin story is of the superhero. <laughs> the origin story. To enter into the British army. <laughs> so, unlike Ernst, Ernst Junger, who was, who was a, a piece of shit who enlisted on the first day of the First World War and went to fight without urine, Ernst Junger was of a sterner constitution, so was able to fight and survive without the aid of urine. However, Armstrong failed the medical examination to get into the British Army because he was urine deficient. Said you know something about having TB. I don't know. But I think TB is only sort of the ephemeral cause of why he wasn't let in. At core, at root, it was because he wasn't drinking enough urine. So after the diagnosis of TB, he bounced between a number of doctors who kept changing his diagnosis, kept changing his treatment. He was put on a high-carb diet and became, he says he became diabetic. I would be surprised, or well, you would need to try really hard to become, to get type 2 diabetes off a high-carbohydrate diet within a brief period of time. I don't know how that would work. No. Actually. Well, anyway, weren't they just, they weren't using, they wouldn't have been using, uh, they would have, they have just been taking yeah, They probably didn't have like biochemical sugar, test. Sugar. They probably didn't do an HbA1c on it. An they would have like just that. been like looking at, diagnosing it by... Like the sweetness of your taste urine, your yeah, the taste of your piss. Like, but legitimately, like, wouldn't they have just like, does it smell yeah. sweet? Because it gets a, if you have, if you just like eat heaps of sugar, or if you have diabetes, doesn't it take on like a kind of, um mm. what's the classic smell? It's there's a particular word for it, just like sweet. I can't remember. Yeah, it's been far too long. It's sweet. it depends if they're ketotic, then you can you can definitely smell that. But so maybe he just that's, that's a different situation to to just having high sugars. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not sure how well, they diagnosed the ketones, right. diabetes in 1944. Right. That lovely floral ketones. But as well. anyway, he, he, <laughs> he was, uh, to treat this, put on a new diet of fasting four days per week and then small meals for the rest of the week. And after two years of treatments and changing diagnoses, Armstrong had lost faith in doctors. This was his, his superhero lowest point. This was the lowest point in the plot arc before he discovered the truth and, and started becoming, becoming the person who could heal everything with urine. I quote, I will not prolong this story by giving all the details. Suffice it to say, there came a moment when, feeling very weak and ill, I recalled the text in Proverbs 5, which runs, drink waters out of thine own cistern. So, inspired by a biblical verse He decided to go on a 45 day fast where he only drank his own urine and tap water and rubbed urine on his own skin. I don't know how you get that out of one line in probably incredibly specific interpretation of that. This is some of that line powerful exegesis, the exegetical ability of this man to pull. A 45-day urine fast from drink waters out of thine own cistern as well as rubbing urine on his skin. It's, There's just such it's a big un- jump there. Unreal. He's an incredibly creative, imaginative person He's reading the Old Testament. He's like, we talked about hmm. the schizo last <laughs> last episode. I think this guy's far on the schizo end in that it's very free-associational. So he reads... This line in Proverbs five: Drink waters out of thine own cistern. And he's like, you know what? I need to rub urine on my skin and for forty-five days only drink my own urine and water. Okay, here's an innovation. Propo- I'm not mm. not here to dominate yeah. this conversation. Jack. What if the what if the autism schizo axis is? What if it's actually? What if it's not a single axis? What if it's two dimensional? What if it's like? it's more like you can because he's also like he's that. also just like spangler but in his own way he's simultaneously free associational schizo but he's also very very mm. uh like obsessive as well so he's, that's also yeah, high that's on true. the tism so he's this is more like quadrant mm. 2 high tism high schizo just like Spengler, maybe we're stumbling. Maybe this is actually <laughs> at least a two-dimensional problem. So you can be high autism, so low schizoid. Instead schizo, of there being a one-dimensional yep. autism Schizo axis, yep. instead it's two <laughs> axes, and each of them are low to high. So low to high <laughs> yeah. autism, low to high. Yeah. Uh, so, so you could where so Spengler is probably Spengler's basically maxed out. He, he's, infinite. And schizo. <laughs> he's infinite so schizo- he, and he's infinite schizoid. He defines incidence. the outer tism- edge. Yep. <laughs> He and, he and Everless sit in that, that, that rarefied corner of top right. Far top just right. Just maxing everything. Out. And then we've got, like, you could be... I'd say, so Armstrong is definitely much more, much further along the yeah, schizo for sure. than the autism. Yeah, yeah. I'd say he's... If you can know. read the Old Testament and pull out a 45-day urine fast, you're definitely... <laughs> you're, you're high on the, on the schizo... End of of the of the of the <laughs> of the schema, but he's a little bit obsessive. But maybe that's just a consequence of he wrote a book about it. <laughs> he wrote a, a yeah. two hundred. <laughs> <one of the, laughs> <laughs> Not only wrote a book about, it, but like he spent he spent decades by getting them to drink their own urine and his urine. Yeah. Then there's there's probably like I don't know if this is worthy of saying. This is like another dimension to the analysis. But you have to also think. Mm. How charismatic was this person as well? Because if they're, because if Actually, if we yeah, take him for his, words, for his words, for his word his words for it, then he convinced a lot of people <laughs> to drink their own piss, to not only drink their own urine but to drink, <laughs> his, to drink his urine because he gave a f- he gave a few people his urine to drink. Very generous <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> he it's like he's just like dozens out, of people to farm drink animals his urine pizza. to make them healthier, and he had he has this section where he's like, for some reason dogs don't like drinking urine, but I've worked out a way <laughs> to make it happen. Where he like he tie a dog to a post or a tree, and then put his own urine in a spray bottle and just spray it on the dog's face, and the dog would lick it. And that's how he convinced dogs to drink urine as well. This guy, he's thought of everything. He's practical. I'll give him that. He, he's like, he's if you just chain the dog to a or, tree. Or animals to ingest urine. If you, if you torture the animal, if you, if you chain it to a tree in the heat <laughs> and just leave it outside for like three days, it will, it will drink the piss. <laughs> it will drink anything you put in front of it, including my piss. So I... <laughs> This guy's fucking but nuts. When I was reading this, because it's this whole book is written in a very dry way. So you're right about the char- charisma, because he comes across as very uncharismatic in this book, but he must have had some sort of charisma in real life. Or just brute. Or at least gravitas. <laughs> just <incredible>. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, maybe he was just very persistent. He just kept showing up at someone's until, house and telling him to. Until resist. they're like, fine, give me the piss. <laughs> until they're like, okay, fine. If you I'll leave do me it. alone, okay. <laughs> I'll drink your piss. Can you please leave me alone? Yeah. I have cancer, but <laughs> I'm trying to deal with my cancer. And this guy <laughs> keeps on showing up at my door and spraying my dog with his piss. <laughs> 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 and he's got a Bible in one hand and a piss spray bottle in the other hand. Because <laughs> this this book is written in such a dry way that... I, I did the equivalent of a reading double take when I read the bit where he talks about what old, what first inspired him to start urine therapy was he just reading some biblical verse which like if you squint could be about uh, drinking your own own urine, but... <laughs> drinketh of thine own cistern drinketh of thine own cistern jack I don't know says so it right that. there in the bible jack <laughs> It is right there in the Bible. Anyway, there were several times throughout this book I where cried. I just started like at laughing. the end of this treatment I felt and was an entirely new man. I weighed one hundred and forty pounds, was full of Vim, looked about eleven years younger than I actually was, and had skin like a young girl's. So it worked. And by nineteen eighteen, Armstrong had started advising other people on urine therapy. I and mean, he was using Vim before now, computation was invented. That's pretty impressive. That's how powerful Vim yeah, is. Very good on it. He was an He's early, an early adopter. adopter. Yeah. Yeah, so, like... Early adopter of Vim. He drank <laughs> he drank his own urine and Vim wrote itself in his Like conscience. Temple OS. He was, was, was like, we need, like, Temple OS. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, oh, you know what? Actually, we should do Temple OS for an episode of this podcast. We absolutely yeah. should do Temple OS because you'll, you'll have a better idea than me as to... Oh my just god, the, he's so funny. The Achievement of having written your own operating There's system. There's just videos of him just like himself. dropping dropping N-bombs and stuff all over the place. As he's like furiously like coding out an operating system. I only know a little bit about this guy, but apparently the N bombs were a way to scare away CIA agents who were trying <laughs> to read his thoughts as he was writing Temple OS, so he would just blurt them out while he was coding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if I genuinely interesting. Yeah, anyway, guy. Let's, let's cover that. Let's do TempleOS for an episode. I can't believe we hadn't thought of thought of that yet. Oh, a few people have recommended TempleOS to us. It's just like, I have no background in computer science, so I'll be a bit lost. So you can <laughs> lead me through TempleOS. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> having having a background, background in computer, in computer, computer science will help urine. me very much with that one. But yeah, sorry. Let's get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> TempleOS is a really good idea, though. Okay, so. We could even do that for next episode. Oh no, we'll talk. No, about this next, episode, the- next episode. Next episode. I'm recording Tower. <laughs> that might be the one thing that's oh, crazy right. crazier than Temple OS and urine therapy. Is <laughs> <It's> Jack's <laughs> hot new novel right. about the loss of meaning in uh, technological society? But I, I'm giving too much away. Mm. Shout out to future Jack and future Levi and future Ed. <laughs> Just stacking sacks on the basis of the book. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Anyways, we've done his origin story. Um, Do do you reckon the Bitcoin white paper came to Satoshi Nakamoto in a piss-filled dream? (laughs) Piss-filled. He was just. It's like if you just drink enough of your own urine, so much piss. If you drink co and he's like, he, he didn't even know how to code. He is, and it turns out it's <laughs> he doesn't even know how to code, he's just like some guy, and then he just starts drinking his own piss and <laughs> <laughs> until he comes up with Bitcoin. <laughs> and the reason why he hasn't, like, no one knows who he is, is because he has no idea how Bitcoin works, has no idea how a computer works, and just feels really embarrassed about it, so keeps quiet. <laughs> It was just the piss spoke through. Him <laughs> yeah. And Bitcoin came to be the zeitgeist of piss. It's just like it's kind of like the Holy Spirit. If the Holy <laughs> Spirit were urine. It's it's in everybody. And in sometimes urine. it like becomes super concentrated until you start having like bursts out. What <laughs> is it? Speaking in tongues. She starts speaking in tongues. And occasionally that tongue those speaking in tongues will perfectly correspond to a brand new academic white paper. <laughs> In some field. like all the massive breakthroughs have actually been piss fueled. It's like the third volume of Oswald Spengler's The Decline of the West, called Fluid Meanings <laughs> and Yellow Actualities, wherein he talks about how the cycles of birth and death of world souls are actually to do with that soul consuming its own urine <laughs> within the world of becoming. <laughs> And it's the frothy actualities that <laughs> spray off. And Anyway, let's talk. You, <laughs> heard, like you heard it here first. <laughs> Jack has officially lost his fucking mind. <laughs> by, by supersetting Spengler <laughs> and books on <laughs> urine therapy. <laughs> I think we are reaching the point where this podcast is just damaging us. <laughs> Actualities. And- <laughs> <they> <laughs> so, 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 oh, man, so funny. Most of this book, this book could be about five pages long instead of 140, 150 or whatever it was because most of this book now is him talking about... So, okay, in a very abstracted form of what this book is between the beginning where he talks about his orange story and the end where he talks about how doctors are trying to make money off people by not making them drink urine is basically a person comes in who is very, very sick and has been given a few days to live by doctors. And I told them to drink their own urine at this stage. It's plus minus, uh, the, the person is resistant. So, Perhaps the person will be initially hesitant. Perhaps not. Perhaps they'll be, have an interfering family member who says, can you please stop telling my loved one not to seek medical therapy and instead drink urine? I really care about their well-being and want them to get Meddling. better. Meddling. Meddling. But Armstrong overcomes them. <laughs> his spray, he's got his little spray bottle. He just squirts them with some of his piss. <laughs> like a cat. Squirts <laughs> them away so they Get out of here. Off. Go get... <laughs> It's like when you're a five year old and like you lick your hand and then chase your friends around by like holding your hand out. Except this is like a fifty year old dude with like just stinking of piss. Yeah, chasing a- <laughs> chasing away family members of a sick person by spraying his piss. <laughs> so he's like a tomcat, just marking his territory. <laughs> my patient now. <laughs> take Other it. urine therapists won't go near a house because it's already been marked with arms. Yeah, they urine. can distinctly they distinguish can between, people people. <laughs> between people. Yeah so funny <laughs> so yeah and then if the if the patients are man they get better and it's it's not commented on if they're a woman they always look much younger they're much better looking and they're more fertile which is important that's really important um for women urine therapy will make you younger and more fertile on the basis of this i imagine all our The the entire female listener base of the book club from hell are probably running to the bathroom right now. I expect... Or more, no, running to the kitchen to grab a cup so they can start drinking their own piss, get 10 years younger, and get full of babies. I expect all three of our female listeners to be splashing their own piss on their face right now. (laughs) Whilst listening to me and Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... He talks about how, so gangrene. <laughs> he says you can cure with with piss. Actually, this is the gangrene story is illustrative in that he this is a common problem with his diagnoses, which I guess within his paradigm is not a problem, but within my paradigm, given that I've I've had a medical education, you mean a medical uh, indoctrination? I have with his <laughs> Jack. With his patient, his, I have a medical yeah. indoctrination. Um, <laughs> I spent too much time in hospitals. And as such, I can't, I can't evaluate the, uh, the incontrovertible value of drinking urine when it comes to fucking sepsis. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> the thing is, it's like, if, if he doesn't want antibiotics and he's just going to drink his own piss if he has an abscess or something, it's like, fine, dude, do it. Just don't, don't convince other people, particularly people with kids, not, not to treat their kids. Anyway, so he compares the experience of a friend of his when he was in primary school with his experience. So a classmate of his died when he was 10 of gangrene following a tooth extraction where part of the mandible was pulled out with the tooth. I'm assuming the kid got septic and died from that. At the same time, okay, so you've you've got the the orthodox medical treatment where the boy died. Armstrong compares this to his own case where he says he got a swollen jaw having been stung by a bee, and his mother treated him with urine and he got better <laughs> so you've got you've got two comparable diseases because they both included. Roughly the same part of the body. You, got, I, when gosh, I read that, fucking possibly like I was just like, come on, You man. got like seps, possible sepsis, possible sepsis from a tooth extraction versus getting stung by a bee in the face. I was like, oh, one of them man. died, and that same one who died wasn't treated with urine. Um, <laughs> it's just not a remotely comparable. From when I was reading th- that, th- these are just when I was reading that section, I was like, "Okay, wait. So you maybe you had like a tooth extraction or something else happen as well?" And so, like you, you know, because a cyst in your tooth is really bad, or like uh, I don't know what it was like the dental mm. profession a hundred years ago, but like you know, maybe there's a lot higher risk of infections or whatever. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's well, that's at least my read on it. It sounds yeah. like. It got infected and then he got septic yeah. and died. Which yeah, that, that's, that's that's a huge problem. That's really but, dangerous. And and so like I was like, okay, so did this happen to him as well then? He also had a tooth extraction and got an infection. No, no. Then he's like, I got stung by some bees. <laughs> I got stung on the face I'm like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> it's just not how does yeah, this help? it doesn't help. It's just complete misfiring. The the, the jaw the jawbones under your face, right? <laughs> yeah and the bee sting Mm. was on Mm. his face. Mm. So it's pretty much the same Mm. place, which means it's pretty much the same problem. They are physiognomically... Uh, there's a physiognomical correspondence between <laughs> <laughs> the, the beast being <laughs> d- base. B- what, what does beast. this say about the capital H history of these people? Yeah, The capital so. H medical history. Of the, the, what's the soul? The medical soul <laughs> the of problem. these boys. <laughs> so the, do- the doctors for the septic boy were taking a lowercase h capital N, natural history, <laughs> whereas Armstrong's mother took a capital H, lowercase n, natural history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of Armstrong because, because you're looking, What's the you're, read you're doing a, a physicalist uh, chronological analysis of comparison of these two boys. But if you actually look at them through like mm, mm. the growth cycle of the soul Of their diseases, the fact that they manifested on the jaw, yeah, yeah, (laughs) the becoming or the become was the the disease, but the becoming was the fact that one was urine deficient (laughs) and the other wasn't. (laughs) One was urine deficient. (laughs) Uh, One soul was urine deficient. Might be our most schizo episode already. Forty minutes in. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so this, this case or this comparison of two case histories kind of sums up all of my problems with Armstrong's presentation of case histories when it comes to urine therapy, where but they have, there's very little information given. So I don't feel confident really diagnosing almost any of these people, given that there's so little information given. Armstrong's just like, yeah, they had this problem he also then disputes the use of diagnosing different diseases how about actually we can get into the some of the mechanics of disease cuz this is important and is is what i imagine he would say to my criticism that that i just leveled at him so he says that all disease is ultimately of one mm. cause except for mechanical disease mm. i've i've already said some of my problems with what I think is the fairly arbitrary definition of mechanical disease for him. But all disease is ultimately because you, you are deficient in vital nutrients and vital tissues, which your body releases in urine. And when you drink the urine, you replenish these vital tissues. Armstrong then says that it's unclear to him why, if all disease is from only one cause, diseases manifest differently, he does adduce some evidence for it being astrological. So certain this, this one cause of disease might externally manifest in a different way depending on the influence of the heavens. It's something he, he puts out there and says maybe this is the case. But it's a question mark. I, having been corrupted by medical education, don't think that there's a single cause of all disease. Also, in terms of the, the mechanical versus non-mechanical distinction, that's a bit silly. I brought it up earlier. So he says a broken arm is mechanical disease. Valvular heart disease is non-mechanical, even though, very briefly, there are valves in the heart such that when it pumps, the blood, if they're working properly, pumps in one direction. And if you have problems with the valves, you can get backflow, which can cause a variety of problems. That is mechanical. <laughs> the valve either works or it doesn't. That's a mechanical problem. But he's decided that that's not mechanical. Breaking your arm is mechanical. So valvular heart disease can be treated with urine, but <laughs> a broken arm, to an extent, can be. It can be treated with urine, but it's not caused by urine deficiency. Whereas I, that's, I was wrong. So... Valvular heart disease is caused by a bad diet and not drinking urine whereas a broken arm can be caused by factors external to <laughs> urine and diet like gravity yeah yeah <laughs> like which falling might off a have which might have a urine dimension probably but we're does not, we're probably not sure yet. that's probably that's for the physicists in the audience please let us know if there's a urological aspect to the gravity. unification of quantum I'm, physics and Einsteinian relativity is the missing urine is, is urine. Urine. It actually turns out God has been <laughs> pissing for the last 14 billion years. It's not, it's not string <laughs> theory, it's fluid. It's fluid theory. dynamics. Fluid dynamics. It actually holds turns out fluid key. dynamics is the deepest of all theories, but only one particular type of fluid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The dynamics of urine are Deep in the, the urine zone. soul of the universe <laughs> flowing throughout the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now that you've polluted the airways with your with your dogmatic allopathic propaganda, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Let's get back to the truth. <laughs> <Urine therapy>. mm. <laughs> Just going through my notes, so basically everything or almost all chapters in this book will be about leukemia or cancer, I'm not sure why he separates those two. Maybe it was, this might have been at the time when they, the causative mechanism between solid tumors and things like leukemias weren't understood. So maybe that that problem of separating out leukemias specifically and just cancer as this huge group is, I don't know, Is would have made sense given the, the knowledge base yeah. at the time. Anyway, urine, urine Care cures all of those things. So why don't um, yeah, heart we uh, urine If we go over the chapters, he, he says and then we can pick out pick out a few cases or so oh, yeah, he yeah. says so here's the major chapters. Yeah, let's do that. And then he's got one he's got one chapter at the end which is just miscellaneous. He's just like, and here's all the other ones I forgot. <laughs> um, but he says gangrene, <laughs> green green, growth and cancers. Cured. Cured. Bright's disease? Cured. (laughs) Easy. Case of leukemia? Not a miss. So I had to look up Bright's disease, actually. I'm pretty sure. So it seems like it's an old term for nephritis. Heart disease? Cured. Fevers, including malaria? (laughs) Ross River fever? Including malaria. Yellow fever? Cured. Orchitis? Cured. Any venereal diseases? If you got you got the clap, <laughs> you, <laughs> you slept with uh, some dirty person. <laughs> Your night out, you're cured. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like with drinking piss, so uh, it's different for men and women because the plumbing's a bit different. So for women, because the, ure- the urethra and the vagina are like separate holes, <laughs> it's less that, of a problem. Thanks for than clearing that Because like, there's just there's just the urethra. So with with for men, if you've got if you've got an STI and you're drinking your piss, you're you drink, you're drinking the STI as well. And it's like because chlamydia can infect, for example, your eyes. <clears throat> I would not splash chlamydia piss on your face. <laughs> that's, that's gonna cause some problems. You know koalas, you know koalas get chlamydia, right? It's like one of the the leading. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's a serious problem in Australia at the moment of dirty, dirty fucking party hard koalas. Dirty koalas. We should just start running around the bush, throwing glasses of our piss on the koalas, try to try to fix them. <laughs> <laughs> and in and in the uh, nursing homes you know in australia i don't know if this is the case in other parts of the world but in australia there's been outbreaks of there's outbreaks of uh, venereal diseases because all the old people are like i guess if you're like old fucking, fucking each other. other you're just like well i'm you know i can't get pregnant you know going to die anyways like my heart doesn't work cuz i've got a uh, non mechanical um Valvular heart disease. <laughs> so I just got to fuck whatever. You get chlamydia. <laughs> the cure to it is then to start drinking your chlamydia piss and throwing, having chlamydia piss party in the old person's home. Yeah, I think that's a good. Idea. That's what the that's what the nurses maybe they were <laughs> ah. That's probably why all these they collect the patient's bedpan and just oh, tip it yuck. over their head. Yuck. The patients oh. leap out of bed with renewed vigor. They look like they're 25 years old. Is there any nursing home nurses, I mean like old person's home nurses uh, listening to our show, as a matter of uh, professional duty, your duty of care to your patients is to take their bedpans and throw the piss (laughs) back in their face to fix it. They might even start reverse aging and they might check themselves out of the nursing home. Before your Before eyes. Before your very eyes start losing weight. And if they're, if they're a 70 year old woman, they might even become fertile again. <laughs> yeah, with well it, if John Armstrong is anything to go by, they'll look like they're 25, lose weight, and get pregnant immediately <laughs> upon, upon having urine. the bedpan thrown in their face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, venereal diseases. Yeah, he's got a long wounds, section on syphilis. And then as miscellaneous. Well. Urine cure is syphilis. Go on. You heard it here first. Urine cures syphilis. Don't. Do you uh, want to read that section? Don't come at me with all of that because we haven't really read that many quotes yet. Yes, let's let's go. Give people a sense of what they're missing out on by not not reading this book. Um, Yeah. So he starts off earlier in the book. He says uh, he cites a book called Thousand Notable Things," and he quotes it. He says uh, with regards to drinking one's own urine. Uh, Quote, a universal and excellent Remedy for all distempers inward and outward. Drink your own water in the morning, nine days together, and it cures the scurvy, makes the body lightsome and cheerful. It is good against the dropsy and jaundice, drunk as before stated. Wash your ears with it warm, and it is good against deafness, noises, and most other ailments in the ears. Wash your ears with your own water, and it cures sore eyes and clears and strengthens the sight. Wash and rub your hands with it, and it takes away numbness, chaps, sores, and makes joints limber. Wash any green wounds with it, and it is, ex- it is an extraordinarily good thing. Wash any part that itches, and it takes <clears throat> the itch away. Wash the f- uh, fundament, and it is good against piles and sores. And then... <laughs> so uh, he- that's his setup for basically like the rest of the book. He's just like, this mm. fixes... Everything. <laughs> Everything. 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 Love the idea of it curing, curing scurvy. It's your vitamin C deficient. And if you're vitamin C deficient, your urine's not going to have vitamin C in it. Like it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. No, 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 no. It'll work, Jack. What you don't understand is that something, 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 tissue in... The urine, something, something. Replacing tissue.: uh, It's actually an active, it's not dead, it's active water of life, something, something, drink your own piss. <laughs> mm. the, the proposed mechanisms for how this works seem, it seems to be more syndromic rather than, than logical. So, yeah, you're right. It replaces lost tissues. It goes with nature rather than against it. And it allows nature to cleanse itself. Rather than impeding nature, that seems to be the seems to be broadly what he says is happening. You've got a quote there. Um, let me see. Not really. It's just it's oh no. The, the syphilis section is just the same as every other section where he says it's it's eminently treatable with urine and medical treatments for it are really bad. In the case of syphilis, because he talks about salvasan treatment, which I had to look up because it's really old and I've never seen anyone treated with that. But even, even in the 40s, salvarsan treatment of syphilis had been superseded by penicillin treatment, which is safe and highly effective. It's, it's really safe unless you're allergic. And penicillin allergies aren't, like they're not super, super rare, but they're not super, super common either. Like penicillin treatment of syphilis is really good and really effective. Also actually brings up another thing that he talks about, and I hear regularly that medicine doesn't treat the causes of illnesses. It only treats the symptoms. And it's good of him to bring up syphilis because when it comes to antibiotic management of syphilis, you are just treating the cause of the disease. The, the cause of the disease is that there's this particular bacterium, Treponema pallidum, which, is, which has infected you, and antibiotics just... Can you know, see there, Jack? That and is, then once it's dead... That is... It stops classic problems. biomedical allopathic indoctrination. The, co- <laughs> the the bacteria is just allopathic the symptom of the deeper underlying cause, which is a moral degradation, no, urine. and a lack of urine the fact that they didn't have the moral fortitude and the good character to realize that they should have drunk from thine own cistern as it says right there in the bible jack <laughs> it says it right there in the fucking bible <laughs> <laughs> and therefore by not drinking their own urine they became uh compromised and then they were not able to adequately defend themselves from the bacteria. The bacteria is just like they were going to get some infection at some point, right? But really the cause was Mm, mm, their mm. compromised immune and the immune system of their body and the immune system of their soul. (laughs) But yes, topically, Mm. fine. There's a little bacteria there, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's just incidental. What about this? He quotes one of his friends, Mr. O. warnock Fielden, about the mechanism by which urine cures everything, and Armstrong says that he doesn't necessarily agree with warnock Fielden, but then goes on to quote him at length without offering any criticism, so I don't know where those differences in opinion <laughs> come in, but... You've got the thing that we've already talked about, how urine replaces hormones and organic tissues, which are used to rebuild damaged organs. There's actually a homeopathic element. So warnock Fielden said that animals lick themselves to homeopathically expose themselves to toxins and germs. And urine contains homeopathic amounts of the toxins that cause disease in the body. And by drinking it, we train the body to resist these toxins. As an antibody, which is which is good. You've got you've got just one just one, just one antibody fighting all those toxins. Just the universal urine antibody. Uh, you've got more urine in your bloodstream now. Yeah, just the fuck everything up antibody. Just one of them prowling. Your you've just got the Terminator B cell with one giant antibody hanging off it, chasing everything down. He says that goats are very healthy because they drink their own urine. I like this piece of evidence the most, probably. (laughs) Goats are a (laughs) priori healthy. And they drink their own urine. (laughs) Therefore, urine causes. Like when I think of health, when I think of a symbol of health, very important. Like, what's the what's the animal symbol of of health? Like if you were a doctor and you're like, what's my spirit animal? I just think goat. (laughs) Goat. You know why? Because goats are healthy. They drink their own piss. Look at them. They drink your they... I didn't even know they drank their own piss. <laughs> well, now you do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I also I just can't believe this guy I've saw got a a here drinking his own piss, and it's like, yeah, that goes healthy. His own piss and goes, I want to be like, <laughs> like that. that he was admiring how healthy it was, how thin it was, how many children <laughs> it had. And when, you know, human women could could learn a thing or two. I saw that ghost six months ago. It was if sixty they'd pounds. Drank their own piss, they'd be they would be thinner, younger looking, and have more children. Ah, uh, so good. What about this? I quote When man first appeared upon the earth, some provision must have been made for his security against extinction. Food, clothing, shelter were all stored within the earth, man having only to work for them to satisfy all his material needs. Would the vital importance of his freedom from disease be neglected? To which, again, I feel like anything I say, well, he, he would say to any criticisms I have that I have an overly mechanical worldview, because to that I would say we we were born without provision for basically everything on Earth. And we, we happen to be adapted to certain climates on Earth, but it's not like we just get born and clothed. We we kind of had to work out how to do that. We live in plenty of places which without modern technology be pretty hard to live in, especially in the the population sizes we have. And in terms of disease, I just don't know why we why nature, whatever that is, would just make us immune to disease. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I am detecting that you actually want to have a proper discussion now. <laughs> <laughs> Jack and Levi is, is high on the Tism Tism part, and I need to like explicitly check in with my interlocutor that he wants to have a proper conversation instead of just taking the piss the whole time. <laughs> I guess my problem like but all of my all of my criticisms of this book are gonna end up being the same thing, that he just provides no mechanism of action for anything has a go at anyone who does actually bother providing a mechanism of action for how things work. Yeah. that That's kind of my fundamental problem with this. Anything I say will be a variation of that. He does kind of provide a mechanism of action. I mean, like, quote unquote, uh, uh, mechanism, yeah, mechanism. Of action. Uh, okay. So other than just saying, it's just like nature. So what does he say? Uh, uh, so may I read from here and see see how it goes? He says, uh, "Nature must be left to determine when the bowels shall move." What we have to remember is that in fasting urine taken via the mouth heals, rebuilds, and reconditions the vital organs, including the intestines. And while this process is taking place, often the bowels seem, as it were, to go to sleep and relapse into a state of inactivity, which in severe cases may even last as long as nineteen days. Yet this inactivity is an advantage, especially to sufferers. From hemorrhoids, as it, as it gives the latter a chance to heal. Thus, nature, so this is the part. Thus, nature, if left alone, does her work in her own way, if we only have the faith to trust her, even though at first we may not understand her mysteries. Verily, nature's ways are not our ways, and she, capital S, of course, she defies and contradicts every superstition, orthodox mm. tenant, practice, and belief. So, his explanation is just like, Except Nature does it you're in therapy, <laughs> except if you're in therapy. Um, yeah, so he doesn't provide an explanation. yeah, like um yeah, he doesn't really okay, provide. so being being really generous, okay, so that the human body can heal itself, the human body has an immune system which does almost all the work. You go to a hospital or a doctor when things are bad enough that your body's natural ability or innate ability to heal itself is is overwhelmed, so from, that very, very loose position, I guess I can agree, but there are plenty of times when when the body's just unable to heal itself yeah and that, that's when someone seeks medical assistance yeah I mean there's so like I mean my medical knowledge is out of date because it's been such a long time since I was <clears throat> since I changed out of medicine um, so your understanding might be a little bit more up-to-date than mine um but as far as i can remember there's is my i might not so please correct me at any point but like you are potentially like having small amounts of like uh say like cancer for example there could be like a cell that's become abnormal but it's been cleaned up by your immune system like throughout your life and earlier in your life mm. your immune system's more active more capable of dealing with that stuff and maybe we don't fully understand the mechanism of how the aging process works and why that deteriorates over time but you're basically building up an accumulation of damaged cells later in your life potentially you're having like like more aberrant cells and less capacity to essentially for your functioning immune system to clear away those aberrant cells um like, why was I talking about that again? Something to do with, uh, cancer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, one hundred percent. Like your body is often the thing. Like your <laughs> your body, not our technology, is its own first line of defense. Nobody's debating that. Mm. But yeah, yeah. And in almost every case, yeah, and well. even like, say, even getting sick of the, I don't know, with the flu or whatever. Like, sure, you might take if it gets really bad, like, antivirals. But, like, you're only going to take, like, antivirals if you're, like, fucked up. Like, most doctors will just be like, yeah, just rest. Yeah, <laughs> and their, their efficacy is... is Or limited. antibiotics if you get some other, like, downstream infection. But, like, doctors don't want to prescribe you stuff unless you're in, like, a really... Like, my experience going to the They're always just going to say, go home and rest. <laughs> mm. Well, the thing that your immune system is... Is really amazing. It, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it, most of the time, we'll actually fix it. it might around. be, I mean, there's a lot of amazing things about the body, the human body, but the, but the immune system is pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> it's definitely up there. <laughs> yeah, that's the part I've always, <laughs> yeah, heard it's of it. it's yeah. definitely up there. In, immunology environment, yeah, it's, um, it's way up there in the coolness, the things that are cool about the human body. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I wouldn't disagree with him so in the, principle okay, about the, what he's saying there. It's just that his idea that, I suppose, as what you're saying is like, he's almost saying that like, well, anything that then goes wrong further um, can just be fixed by urine, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. But it's it's, basically. it's also like the one cause, okay, one... What about what about we go through the... Yeah, sorry, yeah. What about the, we go through the protocols of urine therapy? Because there's basically one therapy he proposes for yeah, everything. Yeah, and there's not really any variants. So we, we could start with diet. So he says a good diet includes fresh fruit, mostly apples, oranges, tomatoes, and bananas, salads, steamed vegetables, and it's important that they're steamed. And whenever he talks about steamed veg- vegetables, steamed is italicized to make sure that you know that you have to steam vegetables or you're going to get... (laughs) Potatoes in their jackets, unpasteurized milk. Pasteurized milk is poison. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Honey, small amounts of steamed fish and meat, eggs, and naturally, urine. (laughs) And your own urine is better than that of someone else, but... If you're if you're desperate, you can drink someone else's piss, and it's still better than nothing. So it's interesting. The emphasis he puts on diet. Okay, so trying to steel man him. The steel manning, as with my steel man before, of acknowledging that your immune system is important, is gonna be me drawing a pretty long bow, but I'm 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 looking for things to agree with in this book. So Diet's really important, yes. In terms of what a good diet is, don't want to be too prescriptive. Hmm. There yeah. are a lot of different good diets that people eat uh, that they're healthy on. What's probably more important to be aware of is that there, there are a lot of ways that you can eat well. Mm. There are a few ways that you can definitely eat mm. really badly. And so avoid things that are very, very high in added sugars, or just don't eat too much of things that are super high in sugar anyway. If things are just too highly processed, like if, if you look at a Cheeto, for example, and you just don't know what, what things did it originally come from, <laughs> then that doesn't belong in your body. That's like a, a lot of the high value-add stuff sold in supermarkets, I think, is just poison and not fit for human consumption not medical advice <laughs> so there are some ways that you can eat really badly i agree with him on that i wouldn't be as prescriptive as he is where he says for him it's like oh you you cannot eat bread you cannot eat white rice or you're you're just going to get sick and die immediately i wonder what he, he has a real problem with condiments of raw eggs and nationalism <laughs> particularly the nationalistic aspect of eating raw eggs. <laughs> it didn't strike me as a nationalist. <laughs> he, he, he didn't discuss yeah, any say. of his political views <laughs> in his, in his tractus on drinking his own piss. <laughs> <laughs> urine therapy. Um, yeah. So yeah. So next, that's one pillar of his, his management. The next is drinking your own urine every day. You've got you've got okay. You've got maintenance urine therapy, which is drinking your urine. He says morning urine is the best. Mm. So when you mm. wake up and you really need to piss, mm. don't do it in a toilet. Piss in a jar. Do it in a cup. Drink it down. Mm. Yum. Just yeah. Um, that's how I start my mornings <laughs> now. The hot steaming, steaming cup of, of eight-hour baked piss. <laughs> Just. Just so many things wrong. (laughs) You know how you've got like barrel-aged scotch and things have got bladder-aged piss each morning to drink down. (laughs) Uh, So that's for the that's when you that's maintenance. When you're acutely unwell, though, what you've got to do is start going on a urine fast. So the only things you drink are water. And all of the urine you pass, as well as urine rubs on your face and neck. So for some reason, he doesn't propose a mechanism for this. I'm ass- I'm assuming the, the sheer moral virtue of the act is probably the causative mechanism. So you rub urine, particularly on your face mm-hmm. and your neck. Mm-hmm. That's really important during the urine fast. As well as if you've got some sort of wound, a urine compress. So... He does note that uh, this is a practical aspect of management. If someone has, for example, a lump on their skin, you don't want to perform a urine rub over the lump. Instead, what you want to do is a urine compress. So you soak rags in urine and then wrap them around whatever the affected area is, and you keep them wet with fresh urine as as the need arises. I just can't deal with this. <laughs> so that's basically his treatment modality is <laughs> just soak yourself in piss how much... how much piss does this guy have access yeah, to this guy was... is he just pissing all the time really and just collecting he was completely Pissed. obsessed with piss what would his house just disgusting like? This it's absolutely fucking rank. <laughs> like the guy, how did this guy even get this book published? This guy's life must have revolved around. He urine. was running around to sick people, squirting them with a piss bottle, and chaining dogs to trees and forcing them. Like I'm, I'm all for people having a hobby, but you just you, you don't want to take your hobbies too seriously. You don't want your hobby to become your personality. And I feel like this guy's hobby, which was drinking piss. Became his personality, <laughs> which
1: <laughs> there was one
0: more thing about the protocol. like it's weird to 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 clarify. oh yeah, well the fast no, like just a little bit to add about the fast. He's talking about like really long fast in some cases. If you take him for his word, he's saying mm-hmm. like weeks, potentially of of fasting and drinking nothing but your own piss. And and occasionally, and as Jack said, he'll like mm. italicize some words to really every time he says he says, and you can sip, sip, you can sip. I you have to cold italicize cold water. So you're drinking nothing but your own piss, but you can stars. have a little sip every now and then of some fresh water, cold fresh water. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the only other bit. And so I was just thinking, like, if you take him for his word... Oh, and you shouldn't get vaccinated, actually. Yeah, he hates vaccines. (laughs) I mean, like, we didn't really need to say that, did we? (laughs) Which we sort of (laughs) expected. He was like, you shouldn't take them because they give you... They cure infectious diseases, but they give you diseases later in life. Again. And so even with vaccines, it's like, not all vaccines... To even just say that they're all the same is a simplification and especially, especially with the vaccines that, for example, like scheduled childhood vaccines in Australia, the amount of safety data behind those things is just so far beyond like anything else you're going to put in your body. Yeah. And so like, and then, and then all the things that people put in their body anyways. Um, but yeah, like um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So if you take him for his word that he did actually convince all these people to, <laughs> to, to, to undertake mm. his protocol, he got he convinced people to starve themselves for like extended periods of time and drink nothing but their own piss. <laughs> That's Do you remember the bit where he talks about insane. sailors stranded in boats drinking their own mm. piss and how it's actually their fear at being stranded which ultimately shortens their lives, whereas if they just could relax and drink their own urine then they'd survive for a really long time. Just, just one of the repeated keep keep calm and drink urine. Keep it's, calm and drink urine. That's your what own. you've got to do in any crisis. Keep calm and drink your own piss. Keep calm and drink urine. Yeah, I think that's a good good advice. That's how Ernst Jung, Junger survived the First World War. He was just running around drinking his just, own piss when he was getting shelled in a <laughs> trench, and all of his other when, when all of his fellow soldiers were cowering underneath the shells. <laughs> he was just peeing into his own mouth and the shells were bouncing off him. Like they'd score a direct hit, but the power of urine would compel him to do a 180 and fly back (laughs) towards the British lines. (laughs) Or he'd run around whenever somebody got a wound, a mortal flesh wound, Junger was just there pissing on them. Like, don't worry, I've got the (laughs) cure. The guy's got like his arm blown off, like (laughs) shrapnel in his face and Junger's just pissing on him. and miraculously he yeah, arm, like, grows back please leave me be I'm trying to have one last fond <laughs> recollection of my wife and before I die he's <laughs> like no, no i where well, I'm gonna save you Hans starts pissing in Hans' face turns out uh, Sergeant Junger <laughs> he was gonna survive and then he got an infection from your disgusting urine that you pissed pissed in his face with yep so so yeah. um yeah, I uh I one one important thing to note about this is like he never he never like yeah, as we've sort of said already in different ways, like he never actually says how it helps or why it helps, he just says gangrene. Fix fix it, urine therapy. Cancer it helps. fix it. <laughs> Stranded on a desert island or whatever, fix it. <laughs> just drink your own piss. It's just like do anything. Yeah. Anything is wrong. Just drink your own, just drink your own urine. urine. I don't know what to say to this. It's just yeah. such an absurd book. Is your wife asking for to get divorced because you keep feeding your children urine? Well, got to double down the urine. urine. She'll come around. Maybe, maybe put a little bit in a squirt bottle and start squirting her with your urine that'll help with the divorce. She'll immediately <laughs> take you back. And I'll show she'll lose 20 pounds and look 10 years younger. Honey, I love you, but all this urine, urine stuff, is, <laughs> you're just hurting me. Every time I see you feeding the children urine, <laughs> you're hurting me. I just don't understand why, why she wants to leave. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> She's been brainwashed by Spitals. the biomedical allopathic you. establishment. When you get over the urine, I'll be here. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, were there any other interesting points to note about we had a point about um yeah, general discussion about medicine these oh yeah, one of the things he said was like medicine back then, so say in the nineteen forties, what were some of the issues? Maybe you could say like all of his criticisms could potentially apply back then, if I just kind of just took him for like mm-hmm. fine, they're all your criticisms of Biomedic- the biomedical model of medicine to fly. But it's like, fast forward 100 years to where we are now, and it's like allopathic medicine, quote unquote, has made huge strides in curing lots of diseases and eradicating lots mm. of... You know, like when he was around... They still had like polio and stuff. Now in places like Australia, we've essentially eradicated polio. <laughs> you know, and polio is not. Yeah, yeah just, try yeah. curing your polio by pissing on it. <laughs> Have fun with that, <laughs> or by drinking your own urine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, so I guess in my my view, fine. Maybe you could say, all right, like medicine was still fairly underdeveloped because it's interesting. Like medical history, there was definitely a time within like the western world where medicine was like in any other part of the world which was like it was kind of mystical or was done like the like the transition out of mystical or authority based or religious spiritual based medicine into what we have now which is like medicine based on good explanations of how the body works how disease works and that sort of stuff it it wasn't just like an overnight thing like it's a long hist- a long and really interesting history you know, like the theory Mm. of humours or like the theory of like, what was that thing where they used to drill into people's heads to like release things? Like, uh, uh, yeah, trepanning, like all those sorts of things or like leeching, bloodletting, like all those things were things that were done and they're really interesting. They're crazy treatments, but it's not like we haven't progressed since then. Like (laughs) we now know that like, Mm. Bloodletting is not a good idea <laughs> unless you're bloodletting a 16 year old's yeah, blood <laughs> and then you're taking unless it unless you got hemoglobin yeah. doses, then, or unless yeah. somebody else is being bloodlet so that you can steal their blood, <laughs> like Brian Johnson stealing his, yeah, his... so that you can get trans, you can get young person, plasma <laughs> yeah. trans- other than that, like Brian Johnson, <laughs> live forever. And so, <laughs> these days, like, we've eradicated all these diseases and all this sort of stuff, like, if somebody's Reading Brian Armstrong's work in 2020 in like a place like Australia or the UK, and they're thinking, "Wow, yeah, allopathic medicine—what a rot! I'm going to start drinking my own I just had to think, like, "What the fuck are you thinking, man?" <laughs> so, I mean, with got a few things. He raises a lot of important points. Like the history of medicine has a lot of terrible aspects. And- just a lot of bad things were done. A lot of good ideas were ignored. Yeah, and that's just a consequence of like but it. And I have ignorance, right? Like, I have plenty of criticisms of how medicine is practiced today, but it's still, <laughs> for all its problems, it is still a field which is moving in the direction of understanding the cause of disease and yeah. effectively treating it. Which in medicine is what I care about. Yeah. And even if, you know, like one thing that I see people yes. say is like, oh, well, yeah, even somebody, this was a while ago, somebody on the Discord, um, who was it, asked about like medicine, West, quote unquote Western medicine, which I don't even agree with that characterization. Like they're being like Western medicine. Like, but like Western medicine, I understand what he means, but like most people think like Western medicine is being slow to adopt certain things. But it's like, yeah, but it is adopting certain things. Like, even if it's going... To, Compared to other medical traditions, it's, unbelievable it's unbelievably fast. fast. Like, sure, it might not be as fast as some weird platonic I- excuse ideal of, like, oh, well, as soon as we know this new better thing to do, we should just adopt it immediately. It's like, no, people, like, will submit it to criticism, they'll adopt it slowly, or, need you know, like... I think it's perfectly okay to take 10 years to adopt a new... A new and even 10 years on the span of history is incredibly fast Mm. (laughs) like but if there's like some new treatment for a disease and it takes 10 years to get to market and then another 10 years to like become more widely accepted 20 years to actually submit something to broad scale analysis like safety analysis efficacy analysis um is like that doesn't seem unreasonable to me like when you're talking about billions of people potentially having access to like whatever the, the treatment is. But even then, like 20 years is still fast on the historical timescale where like there's medical traditions that don't change for the hundreds or thousands of years. Mm. Yeah, and so I think medicine is, the, the fundamental mindset of medicine is highly conservative and I, I don't mean this in the political sense. I mean this in that in med school, what you're learning, like a lot of what you learn is how to spot things that are really dangerous and basically how how not to kill a patient it's so much of what you're taught is harm minimization yeah. and how to be safe all the time and that that instills a really conservative approach to for example new therapies if it's something that you don't know then you're you're very cautious mm. around it and i think that's probably the right bias to have yeah. as a doctor like you don't want your surgeon getting too creative when they're taking out your appendix <laughs> You want them to do something that they've done hundreds, if not thousands, of times. Yeah, before. and that's probably a good bias to have—a bias towards. And then, and then, you know, there is something to be said about like there being spaces for or situation. You know, like for example, I had family members who. <clears throat> so was it hepatitis? I think it was hepatitis C, but don't don't. But recently, they they there's now a cure for hepatitis C. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jack. Um, yeah, that's healthy. and yeah, my yep, family member. Had hepatitis C for like years and so had all the like liver dysfunction cirrhosis or whatever it causes and was a part of the early trial the experimental trials to get access to it before it was uh, like uh, available to just like general like generally available and so having like the like I guess an opt-in model for in this case, my family member was very late, pro- like, progression and, like, they were willing to give it a go because they didn't really have any other option. <laughs> like, okay, mm. I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, but they were opt-in. Yeah. But you don't just want, like, like that just being open slathered. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, I'll just do it. Like, okay, there's this random new, like, piece of, like, chemical that some- one company is saying can do something and it's not being submitted and okay, to any sort of criticism or whatever, okay, my jo- Dr. Joe Blow GP is just going to start prescribing that to people. Like, that sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just yeah. not. <laughs> well, highly unlikely to- <laughs> So are there any other interesting points? Yeah, and that, that conservatism mm. does manifest in bad ways. So mm. I'm not sure what it's like in other countries, but in Australia there's this real push for... Evidence-based medicine. It's a bit of a catchphrase now, just to repeat, evidence-based medicine. Yeah. A lot of medicine is still tradition-based medicine. Yeah. It's kind of the way you treat, particularly if you're a junior, is what your consultant says. Or if your consultant is more hands-off, what your registrar says. Mm. What your registrar Mm. says, it's going to be a lot more up-to-date most of the time. And like, if your consultant tells you to use some therapy that has been superseded 20 years ago, you're not going to overrule Like you're going to do what you're told, and so, like that—that that conservatism when it comes to new treatments is is significant, and that traditional aspect does slow down adoption of new mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. effective therapies. The thing is, it is a it's a human pursuit, and it's highly imperfect, and it. F- one of the places where I do get irritated with alternative medicine providers is that they will they'll point at the aspects that I think make this so-called orthodox or Western medicine, both of which I think are kind of silly labels, strong in that there is a culture of self-criticism less than there should be, but a culture of self-criticism and openness to adopting new treatment ther treatment modalities on the basis of scientific evidence. Mm. and oftentimes you'll get, like, a naturopath point to that and say, look, they keep getting it wrong, they don't know what they're doing, or to also say, look, they haven't cured everything yet, they don't know what they're doing, and then on the basis of nothing, say, like, yeah, eat these nuts or something like that, and it'll make you better. Or drink this piss. <laughs> Much of the time, if someone, if someone is willing to just, if someone is willing to pay money to a naturopath and it makes them feel better, fine. Like, you go for it, do it. It's it's more when either they drop out of of effective medicine on the basis of that, and then invariably when things get really bad, come back to the hospital and like, oh, can you fix me now, please? Now that this like now that a condition that was previously manageable is now okay. incurable, or the naturopath will give them something that makes it far worse. I remember once there was a particular patient who had breast cancer that. It was Mm. either estrogen or progesterone, receptor positive. So basically, it responds to estrogen or progesterone. I forget which which hormone it was specifically. And their naturopath had been giving them a herbal remedy, which was an inducer of Mm. those hormones. That's like, you are just making this worse. Yeah. And that's kind of what happens when you have people who really don't understand what they're doing meddling. Yeah. I do think these... Alternative medicine providers can provide important things to people. So a big problem with how medicine currently operates is it's so incredibly dehumanizing for patients. And this is it's really a systems wide issue. So if you're fourteen hours deep in a shift as a doctor and you're tired and you're stressed, you just like you are just not as empathetic as a naturopath who can charge like 300 bucks an hour and sees three patients a day. Mm. Like you, you are just not as nice a person to be around and you're not going to spend as much time with the patient and you you like, you're not going to make them feel like a human being either. And that's a real, that's a significant problem. So alternative medicine providers can provide that to patients. It make them feel like human beings, but like in, in terms of treating stuff, just most of the time at best, they do nothing. At worst, they'd make things so much worse. Yeah. In terms of Mr. Piss Drinker, at least, like, as far as I can tell, like, if a patient were receiving conventional therapies for whatever disease they had and was was drinking their own piss, that would be okay. The problem is he says, like, do not accept any medication at all. Just drink urine. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, I think like if someone's an adult and they've got cancer or something and they decide they don't want any sort of treatment or with cancer, it's more complicated because some of the time you can't cure. How about, okay, a more clear example, like uh, they're septic or something like that. Like if they received antibiotics, they'd probably be fine. And they were like, no, I'm not going to take that. I'm going to drink my own piss instead. Ultimately, like it's your body. If you want to roll the dice with your life, fine. Like. You're not my loved one. It's you know it's not my life. if that's really what you want to do, and your family are okay with it, then like all right. It's it's more when people do that with kids, mm, mm. or when they they get much sicker as a result of you know, drinking pee instead of getting treated, and then when things are really bad, coming back to the hospital and going, oh you know what actually. I want you to totally fix me now. Mm, mm. That's, that's when I, I get more irritated. Yeah. Mm. So that's understandable. That's understandable frustration. Um, yeah. So I think there's this interesting criticism of quote-unquote Western medicine, which is like iatrogenic effects. <clears throat> so, like, yeah, and that's but it's also a problem for alternative medicines. It's like it's not like these alter these alternative <laughs> medicines yeah. have no iatrogenic effects, and just like okay, so Western medicines, you know, well, no, Western medicine is the institutional context in which people do try to take accountability for the iatrogenic effects <laughs> whereas like as far as i can see like in w- alternative medicines they don't they never even seem to acknowledge that oh i could be causing like say that herbal medicine that you're talking about before like the that was inducing the hormone that was making it worse like it was any risk any accountability or responsibility to take of that or like the idea that maybe we should look at I'd be pretty surprised, yeah, though. so you can say that there's iatrogenic effects in Western medicine, which sure maybe there are in in certain different circumstances, but it's like that happens for, for listeners the iatrogenic is it's harm caused by the treatment, yeah, and the, but it's like the, the the alternative medicine gurus who levy this claim are uh, like are they implicitly saying that there's no iatrogenic effects from their interventions, (laughs) like they never even say, it's never even been something that I've seen like questioned when I've read into the other, the other interesting thing about these alternative um, medicine. So one of the issues with framing it as Western medicine, as I was saying before, I don't buy that idea that it's a Western thing or that it's like a cultural thing. I think that like uh, basically the body works a particular way and the degree to which we understand how it works improves our ability to like treat diseases (laughs) and live more healthy and that sort of stuff and that's culture independent and a lot of people hide behind this like cultural division of this understand as if like the culture that generated the knowledge somehow like affects the veracity of the claims of that of that system And so, like, Mm. Chinese medicine or whatever. Like, I'll give you an example. I went to um, an acupuncturist recently. I just wanted to give it a try to see what it was like. Um, Like, I've had deep needling before at physiotherapy, and that was pretty crazy. But I just wanted to try what was acupuncture like. And um, actually, I I know it's relaxing. Like, it doesn't really feel like anything. It's fine. Um, uh, But one of the things that they had in there, like in their practice, which is interesting is this thing that they call the meridians, meridians. Have you seen this, Jack? No, I haven't. Uh, so it's like, it's like this picture of the body and there's these things that they call the meridians, um, which I think comes from Chinese medicine, but with these alternative medicine people, they're often like mashed together like... You know, like Hindu stuff and like, let's just pick and choose, just anything that doesn't come out of a, a Western anglospheric context. <laughs> and so the meridians are like these quote unquote, like lines of energy traveling throughout the body. So it'll be like, there'll be like a central axis of the meridian, like the, your central main meridian. And then you'll have like these other minor meridians, which are lines going. It's like, okay, let's just say, let's take your explanation of the way that body works, for example and say that there are these meridians which are these quote-unquote like lines or axes oh <laughs> of of uh of of energy okay like can you show me them like let's go and let's go and find them other than you're just putting needles in me somewhere on my body like and my like the muscles like react to the fact that you're sticking metal in them (laughs) um like is there any like like what the hell are the meridians where are they can you point at them because like when you're in medical school you cut you cut open bodies i I didn't get as far into my medical education as jack jack actually became a doctor i dropped out but i had the privilege of like actually cutting up bodies um um, and then i also got to go to anatomy class in in medical school (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but in medical school, like, when we cut open the bodies, it's like you can see everything that's inside them. Like, you can see there's the aorta, there's the ganglia or whatever is coming off the spine. Like, all these different things, the blood vessels, you see all the things. No meridia, no meridians. (laughs) Didn't see any meridians. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? So it's like, it's on you if you're proposing that there's this thing that exists, this entity called the meridians or, like, Um, you know, the chakras or whatever. They're just these, like, things that they're not physical, but they're these, quote-unquote, balls of energy or whatever. It's like, okay, it's on you to explain and show that they exist, that they're having an effect, and that they contradict or can be integrated into, like, the, quote-unquote, Western model of the body. (laughs) <laughs> which is is made out of cells and so forth. <laughs> but they never want to do that. They just want to say there's this divide. And it's like, oh, well, if you're a Western way of thinking, it's the biomedical model, the allopathic, blah, 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 blah. But, like, if you just need to open your mind, man, you can see the chakras. It's like, dude, like... <laughs> I think it's also, Pete, there's, there's a revealed preference globally that when most non-Westerners are given the ability to access... Western medicine, like, vaccines for their kids they 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 say yes i would like to would you like me to remove the uh glaucoma from your eyes you go into any village anywhere in the world where there's people who can't see because they've got like a treatable uh, sorry yes not glaucoma cataracts um like very treatable thing, simple surgery, like the Fred Hollows Foundation curing lots of people. No, no like person from quote on like, quote like some other medical system when Fred Hollows Foundation turns up in their village, says, No, get out of here, Western doctor. Maybe that happens, but jokes on them. Like <laughs> so I just think it's a false idea that there's this like and then I think we've said this before, like on another episode where we covered non-traditional like non-Western medicines, is like <clears throat> if there is some idea that works and it has a good explanation, like quote-unquote Western medicine will, will adopt it. Eventually it will adopt it. Like it might not adopt it immediately, yeah. and w- w- but it, it, will, it will adopt it at some point. It will submit it to criticism and it will integrate. That's why it's not quote-unquote Western medicine because it's just, it's just uh, medicine that works <laughs> and it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Yeah. There's lots of criticisms, but and the the incentive structures of different healthcare systems can change the dynamics of yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So, if you're in a system, for example, where doctors make money off the sale of medications, then like there's there's a pretty clear financial incentive just to give people really really expensive stuff. Or if if you're in a system where, like for example, in the US, where how, how much different medications cost is often quite opaque and the who ends up paying for the different medications is pretty complex yeah. which which leads to all sorts of bizarre incentives for both prescribing and for which which dr- which possible drugs get funding for research and trials uh, that that also complicates things but yeah broadly speaking people want to be healthy and that's Going to be a major driving force behind a lot of drug development and prescribing. And, you know, like, what I. I asked- Part of the problem, like, I, I guess a lot of the criticisms that irritate me are, effect- are saying that Western medicine doesn't meet up to some platonic perfect <clears> form of how <throat> it should be. And then Instinct you make years. the leap from that to, like, in this case, you should drink your own urine or, like, you should get into acupuncture. Or whatever it is. Or, you should get into like whatever I'm currently selling, which is fine. Like, if you want to do those things, fine, but you, you might have to bear the consequences of getting sick and not being able to recover. Eventually. Okay, so my last criticism of all this is that's fine. All of that's fine. Okay, Like people can do what they want, whatever, except, Jack, at major Australian universities. I don't know, I can't speak for other parts of the world, but like at the University of Technology, Sydney, UTS, <clears throat> they have an undergraduate degree in Chinese medicine for which you can get, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I believe you can get um, HEX. Is it HEX? That's the government subsidized places. Okay. Oh, it's HELP, help now. Whatever it's called. Like that, but yeah, go- government. Like, I just think like, okay, we definitely should not be funding this like for like if you want to go and get a three education in bullshit woo woo crap Go ahead, do it yourself. Pay for it your fucking self. <laughs> like, but if we're going to be paying for this out of the public yeah, coffers, see how much it's see how much it's worth to you when you have to flip the bank. like. We definitely should be high, holding like educational institutions to incredibly high stands if they actually want government subsidies for these bullshit courses. Like they, like that is something where I like oh, yeah, <laughs> completely, completely I agree with. That like you go and spend a hundred thousand dollars of your own money on a five year bullshit education. Don't ask the the fucking taxpayers to pay for that crap <laughs> whatever yeah, like if yeah, that's that's a broader you know like it takes things, uh it I'm takes a doctor if you did an mbbs and you just went straight through and you didn't do like any honors or anything i think it's it's a five-year degree right the mbbs um the university they're still offering mm-hmm. that so that's five years it's going to cost like 50 grand a year or something like that whatever it costs now so just to get through the degree, plus the actual like living expenses and stuff and the delayed uh, the delayed salary and all that, you're looking at like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, sorry, delayed income. Like you're looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars for a doctor to go through and... Become just a junior. <laughs> that's how much it costs to get through. So, like, mm. if we're going to be shelling out that, and then the degree to which that's subsidised by the government, like I don't know it was fifty percent or something, like for people who get those like scheme the um, under the hex help scheme, like. If we're going to be shelling out hundreds of thousands of dollars to train up a doctor, we definitely, 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 definitely do not want to be fucking around with like, oh, yeah, like the Meridians, man. <laughs> it's not, not going to be helpful. Anyways, urine yeah. therapy. What if you do a three-year undergraduate in yeah. urine therapy? <laughs> well, the, the beauty of urine therapy is it's quick to learn and quick to master because <laughs> you just do, you do your maintenance urine drinking you have a good diet, and then when you're sick, you do urine fasts and urine rubs and urine compress. <laughs> it's conceptually easy. There you go. You've got your urine. And then maybe you read education. the Bible <laughs> so that you can confirm. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want a bit more theory behind it, you've you, the you to read Proverbs. Read Proverbs. <laughs> well, there's one particular part of Proverbs? Um, is there anything else worth discussing? How about I close out with a really important quote, which really raises the stakes, actually, from just human health to human well-being and peace on earth. Piss on earth, if you will. So, I quote, I will even go so far as to say that most of the troubles in the world are either directly or indirectly due to the same cause, nor will I exclude wars, extravagant though it may sound. Those men who foment or are directly responsible for wars are not normal and healthy human beings. Julius Caesar was an epileptic. Napoleon died of cancer of the stomach, and Hitler presents a neurasthenic of the most pronounced type. Goebbels with his clubfoot may be regarded as a degenerate, and the obese Goering at one time was a drug addict. Mussolini was another diseased type, and suffered from some chronic internal trouble for which the doctors dared not operate. As for the late Kaiser Wilhelm, he was also abnormal and was born with a physical deformity, it is only very advanced souls who can exhibit mental balance in spite of physical disabilities, and such are comparatively few and far between. So it's not only our physical health, but our moral health, which is which is at play here. Urine therapy will morally save us by physically saving us. This guy actually... There are definite notes of physiognomy. There, yeah, one hundred percent. Where an, an external or a physical illness is is representative of some representative of some sort of moral <laughs> failing. So all of these so, you're, urine therapy will improve your your moral health as well. That's that's very advanced. And so all of these great tyrants, from Napoleon to Goebbels and Hitler all have physical deficiencies as a consequence of their not drinking their own urine. Not drinking urine. Because John John W. Armstrong... You heard it here first. The Second World War would not have happened if Hitler drank urine. Because John W. Armstrong has no physical ailments and is a perfectly morally upright person. He when had he like 150 years old, I think he was, when he died. Something like that. Um, <laughs> and imperfectly, he, he actually died because a non-piss drinker hit him with his car. He was actually still had the body of a 30-year-old. Uh, John W. Armstrong, moral <laughs> moral uh, pillar of the community, perfect health up until old age, um, because he drank his own piss. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, are we um, just... I, I can't find when John Armstrong died, so I have to assume that he's Are we still just alive. punching down here? I mean, maybe we should try to take on, like, a book at some point that is, like, garbage, trash, medicine of some sort, but, like, isn't drinking piss or eating human brains. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is punching down, considering, no, this fucking, this cunt got published by Random <laughs> House and Penguin. He has, he has institutional backing. Man, you must feel pretty strongly. You don't often pull out the big old C word, Nate. Very often. That's a that's a, that's a rare one coming out from Jack. Um, yeah. You know what's funny about it though is it with the being published by Penguin and/or Random House for like decades now. Is is like they're actually like what culpability. Do do those organisations take on in continuing to publish and promote <laughs> people 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 for, <laughs> a no, medical I'm quite intervention? Happy that they're, they're publishing something this weird <laughs> and drinking their own piss. They don't have any. I'm, bully, I'm glad it. that they're publishing something this strange, but yeah, like I ultimately think. The individual reader yeah. has to take a lot of responsibility yeah, yeah. too. Like if you read this and go, I'm gonna you drink know my what? Office. I'm just going to drink my own <laughs> <I've> got- <laughs> piss. And like that, that's like, I've on got you. <laughs> metastatic <laughs> prostate cancer, and I'm going to stop taking chemotherapy, and I'm just going to start drinking my own piss because I read J. W. Armstrong's <laughs> "The Water of Life." And then, good. Do that. I'm glad you're and- doing that. Please that's, continue to do. Well, <laughs> it's with the, it's like, look, buddy, it's not my life. Okay, fun. You're, the last days on Earth. The, your last days that. are on Earth. Are going to you're going to have <laughs> stinky piss, piss breath whilst you whilst you deteriorate away <laughs> from your metastatic cancer. Um, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. do, okay, one last question. Do you think it was? What did you think of just the, the writing? Pretty bland and uncharismatic. Yeah. I, was, I didn't think of what you said about how this guy in real life must have had some sort of charisma to convince people to drink his urine and their own urine. Yeah. But that charisma didn't come through in the no. writing. Pretty boring, pretty repetitive. The, the only other thing to say is, like, in terms of mm. the content of the book is that he doesn't, he, he, he kind of tries to, bat you over the head with, like, look at all the case studies I've got. Look at all the case studies. Look at all the case studies. This this person drank my piss, and now they don't have cancer. Mm. Like, And so he does that, like, ten times. And at the end of the chapter on cancer, he goes, so thus I've proven that this is an effective treatment, and you must be convinced now. Like, Except it's like, mm. yeah, but they're all in lot- Like, he calls his patients, like... The quality of evidence is... Mr. B, Devereux. Mrs. C, or whatever. There's no... There's no, like, mm. okay, but you're just saying stuff, and why should I believe you that these people even exist? According to your testimony, you've helped hundreds mm. and hundreds or at least dozens of people in Four thousands. thousands so, th- so there should be a... I should be able to go and find thousands of, or at the time that this was published. A doctor in England or the UK should have been able to locate people who'd had interactions with jw armstrong and like found potentially thousands of these patients running around just declaring how much they loved his therapy i think personally i had i don't have any strong proof of this but i i did have a bit of like just con man like like bells going off. Mm. I was just thinking maybe yeah. he's just a con man. And like, this is just like, maybe he was actually telling people to drink their piss. But if he was, he was saying like his patients, he's saying his patients, even though he's not a licensed practitioner or anything other than drink his own piss, like his patients, if he's, if he was saying patients, then he was making money off this. So there is a potential, angle here of like con con man snake person snake oil salesman vibes going on here as well it's good good that you brought that up because on several occasions as evidence for the efficacy of urine therapy he says i'm not making any money from this i can't sell urine so why would i lie to you and it's like well you're selling a book on urine therapy and you're also selling your services as a urine practitioner so you you are making money off this like you, on several occasions in the book, tell us of situations in yeah, which exactly. you're making money from. Unless it. he's saying he voluntarily gave his services free of charge to all these people and it was like selling the book at cost or something. That's it. But I don't think mm. he was doing that. I'm just going to go out on a limb. You know, the guy can't sue me now because he's, he's dead, I assume, unless his urine therapy treatment has kept him alive for the last 100 years. The Armstrong, the Armstrong estate is going to come, come after, after us. us. Like, I think... With their young looking, highly fertile. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that he was probably a con man as well. <laughs> he, there was just a few, I can't remember specific instances, but like just there's sometimes you just read, like I guess I've just read too many con man things like now where I, I sort of have this like spidey sense that like this person's a snake oil salesman. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it it's such a cliche to say, but if it's too, if it looks too good to be true, it is, and if you drink your own urine, or it, all you need for perfect health is to drink your own urine and eat a diet of steamed vegetables, it that sounds too good to be true, and it is. Yeah, sounds like a good place to wrap it up. I'm really hankering to drink my own piss, so <laughs> I'm really thirsty. I need. I've already started. I, I both need to pee <laughs> and I'm thirsty, so. <laughs> I've been drinking my own piss during this episode, so I kept my energy levels <laughs> well up. Done. Got a glass, glass. So of the next here, episode man. after this episode is drum roll, tower. Okay, right. <laughs> Jack um, is not going to be. I believe our understanding is uh, what I've got in my head. Unless you want to do something different and you change your mind, but it'll be mean, Ed. Ed the prodigal child is coming back (laughs) for a special episode. (laughs) He's returned. um, And he's going to be uh, doing a review of Jack's first book, first published book, self-published book with me. That'll be very exciting. Do you also want to do like an interview afterwards or something with me and it, or like, should we ask questions at the end of it or something? I think that'd be nice. You can also be our first author interview. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, Jack, sure. Jack, uh, Jack uh, you're so cute, mate. <laughs> Look at you. Come on, you got to have some like sales energy. Start selling your shit, you know. i <laughs> got terrible sales energy. <laughs> you, can just, you can't see because obviously you're listening, <laughs> but he's just like... Smile of he's got this like when when Jack gets embarrassed, he's got this like he he, he, like smiles. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I'm happy to pimp your shit for you and be your hype man. Yeah, yeah, like right now, (laughs) it's a great book. It's the best book. It's got huge hands. (laughs) You're gonna want to buy this book. Doesn't matter how much it costs, $20 or $20,000 on Amazon. You're gonna want to buy this book. This is gonna be a culture, zeitgeist changing book. It's gonna be great. You're gonna want to buy it. What is it? (laughs) What day is it selling, Jack? 6th of November. 6th of November is gonna come on. Onto to the amazon store you're going to want to buy it. the tower by jack bc jack bc that's the tower by jack bc you can go to jackbc <laughs> what is jackbc.me is that is that your website <laughs> yeah yeah go to yeah. jackbc.me yep, find the book buy a copy for yourself buy a physical copy buy a digital copy buy a copy for your friends are you having an existential crisis are your friends having an existential crisis have you taken acid recently you're going to want to buy this book buy it buy 10 copies <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that out for the start of every episode. All right, I've said my piece. <laughs> Nothing more to say about your book or yeah, about your therapy. Right, about <laughs> the water of life. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, yeah. This. Oh, actually, would you recommend this book? Uh, no. <laughs> don't, I don't know what circumstances. Yeah, <laughs> What circumstances I'd fucking of thing recommend where... this book. <laughs> Like it's wacky, but not fun. No, it's wacky. really boring. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty dull. Every now and then, it's just it truly is about 150 pages of this guy telling you about how he cures everything by making people a movie. random anonymous person gets some disease, they start drinking their piss, <laughs> and then they're cured. <laughs> they cure to to the chagrin, to the chagrin <laughs> of the allopathic doctor who failed to treat them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's the you've just you've just read the yeah, book. That's basically the book. <laughs> you have read the water. It was well, funny because John every Armstrong. now and then I would just giggle because I would just like, this is so fucking dumb. <laughs> but it's we're more entertaining than the book. It, yeah, every now and then I remembered, I oh, yeah, this guy's just talking about <laughs> drinking urine. But that wasn't enough to offset. And I do think it. you know, like, uh, there's a lot of people I disagree with by reading this the books on this show, and I don't you know make fun of the books but i've never like i don't think i've ever like maybe with the Satanists, encourage people to make fun of them but i think it's okay to make fun of people who drink their own piss like if you know somebody who drinks their own piss (laughs) or you are somebody who drinks their own piss you're gonna get bullied and actually in this case the bullying is fucking justified (laughs) stop drinking your own piss (laughs) it's fucking ridiculous (laughs) Yeah, look. If if you want to do it, God, I'm just gonna just just gonna make fun of you. I'm not gonna pretend to respect (laughs) you for it. Yeah, (laughs) and buy Jack's book. (laughs) That's all I've got to say about this. Yeah, buy my book. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And go have a hot frothy cup of piss.